You are now listening to Sassu Adesai, and this is Material Girls. Welcome to another episode of the Material Girls podcast with your hosts Osasu and Osei. And today we have a very special guest. She is the founder of the Kumu Circle, which I absolutely love. You guys might have been talking about this girls group chat that I'm in where we like support each other. And this basically is the brain behind the Kumu Circle. Hi Fike, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Hi everyone. So my name is Fike, Fike Yimi Udulaja. I am a human being. I'm the founder of the Kumu Circle. I'm a product manager, a lawyer, and a hopeful romantic. (laughs) I never know how to answer this question. Tell me about yourself. Like I have a a, an answer for like interviews, and I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) For a podcast, um, I am very passionate about women being allowed to be (laughs) and when I say that I mean literally allowed to just be whatever they want to be themselves just leave people leaving women alone because people are always telling us what to do um what not to do how to sit how to stand how to keep a man whatever like it's really exhausting and I I think that really centers a lot of the things I do in my free time um one of them being the Kumu Circle, which is a community for African women in their 20s, basically helping them to live happier, healthier, and more confidently. And with that, we have a newsletter and like a community forum that I just mentioned. How much time <laughs> I make for TV. I like hanging out with my friends. I like traveling. I like eating. You're definitely a Sasu's friend when it comes to that traveling part because I don't think <laughs> I know anybody who likes to move around like Sasu. <laughs> yes, please. Invite me when you're going. I'm trying to see the world, you know? So I'm down. Yes, I love exploring new countries, new places, meeting new people. Like, it just makes me so happy. <laughs> Same. I have a trip to Zanzibar with, with um, oh, my friends in June. Nice. I'm really excited. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. wow. Zanzibar is definitely on my list. But one place I really, really, really want to go to is Seychelles. I really want to go to Seychelles. Yeah, same. It looks so beautiful. Anywhere with a beach, you will find me there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's fantastic. Um, so we've just gotten to know a little bit about Fike. And me, I have to, I have to just shout out here, please, 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 if you are a woman in your 20s, go and find the Kumu Circle. There's almost nothing we don't do there, but we <laughs> this, we do, we read books, you know, everybody shares their business ideas. It's such a nice, you know, wholesome community. Go and join the Kumu Circle. Thank okay, you. that being said... <laughs> That being said, um, today's episode is more centered around tech. Now, um, we know Fike is a lawyer, but she recently made the switch from law into the more techie fields. Um, I personally have no knowledge, well, let me not say no knowledge, but limited knowledge on the tech world other than the fact that I do know that there has been like a call recently for more women to have um, better opportunities in in tech. So I just like to ask, like, first of all, okay, when, um, at what point in time did you decide you wanted to make the switch from law into tech? And, and 
was that decision um, influenced by was that decision influenced by experiences that you had when you were a lawyer? <laughs> okay, so I will yeah. set the scene. The year is 2020. We are in the thick of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, working from home as a lawyer at a, a good law firm, reputable. We have really good cases. I'm doing serious work. Um, the environment is a bit questionable, but let's not get into that. Yeah. Um, and the work is tough, it's challenging, but I'm just honestly frustrated. At this point, I've started, like, I haven't been able to sleep well. I'm dreaming about my work. I'm waking up, like, anxious. I'm stressed all the time. Like, mm -hmm. everybody at home is like, what's going on <laughs> with you? Yeah. And... I'm just like, this is not what I wanted, I thought law would be. So for context, I always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, were you in litigation or were you doing like... No, I was doing corporate law. Um, oh, that's another killer field. I completely get you. Oh, Yes, I was doing corporate law. Like I already knew litigation was a no for me. Um, nowhere <laughs> I mean, was I going to court. You're strong, girl. You're strong for, for going... Oh. Um, yeah. and so yeah I always wanted to be a lawyer obviously I studied law went to law school and I was still you know on the path and then I actually did it and I was like no way yeah now the problem with the fact that I always knew what I wanted to do was I didn't have any backup plan exactly. and so at the point where I was now feeling like I have no backup plan I literally started spiraling I did not realize how much of my like personality or not my personality, my identity I had tied to my career. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Everyone is going to think I'm crazy. Like I've spent all these years like working towards this thing. Now I have it and I want to throw it away. What kind of rubbish is this? Um, mm -hmm. I was just being really hard on myself and really like, oh, I'm going to fail. Like, this is just terrible because I didn't even think I was a great lawyer as well that was another problem I was like I don't even think I'm good at this thing and yeah. this is just a mess <laughs> um and so I then had to sit down and like really calm myself down and be like okay you don't want to do law that's not the only thing mm -hmm. you can do what are you going to do and I started asking myself questions like okay what am I interested in what like careers are like viable at the moment you know what is everyone talking about and obviously yeah. like 2020 tech is a big thing but I don't think it's as it was as big in my mind anyway as it was now like it was just getting the hype has been people were just beginning to talk about yeah like yeah yes and so I was like you know what tech makes so much sense like it's very much the present it's very much the future at least things will always be changing. And I guess that means like I'll be in a role that's kind of dynamic and I'll keep yes. learning. And, you know, if I get bored, I can do something else. So that's what I wanted. Um, I did everything. I did all those quizzes online. What should I do? How do I, <laughs> like, what can a lawyer switch to? Like I was literally Googling everything. Yeah. And that's actually how I found product management. I did not know what it was, but one of the quizzes was like product management, I think front end UX design. 
um, and product management, which is what I do now, was mm-hmm. a role that I thought suited the skills I had at the time the most so that my switch wouldn't take too long. Um, Sorry, can I, I just ask, like, yeah. what kind of skills, what kind of skills were those? So it's essentially like product management is basically you're at the intersection of the tech team. So when I say tech team, like the engineers building the product, mm-hmm. the customers using the product and the business who like run it and, you know, their objectives. So you're like in the middle. Um, so it's a lot of problem solving for everybody in yes. that like diagram basically, um, which is a skill that as a lawyer, you already, you already have, you yes. already have, and you're, you're very much thinking about your client um, and the best ways to do things for them. And also obviously like representing your firm in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, also communication. Um, what else did I say? Yeah. Communication is a very big one. Yeah. Presenting, being able to like, present an argument. I wouldn't call it an argument in um, product management, but being able to say, okay, this is what the customer wants and this is why I think we should do it. Yes, so essentially it. like your point of your your point of view or your line of Yes, view. yes. Yeah. Being able to just say state why you have made certain decisions is important. And obviously as a lawyer, you're always <laughs> learning to like argue your point clearly based on facts yes. and evidence and you know. So I have one question on that actually, because like as you're talking about like being in product management and everything, a lot of you're relating a lot of the things you do back to law. And I just want to know, did you find like what was your biggest entry barrier into tech, considering you were a lawyer beforehand? I think my biggest entry barrier was obviously not having the experience. So I found myself in like a chicken and egg situation, like which one comes first. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, oh, yeah. So to be a product manager, you need experience. Obviously, how am you I supposed to get experience? experience. <laughs> <laughs> and for a while, I was just kind of like, oh, God, I knew this was a terrible idea. Because um, at this point, I had quit my job at the law firm. I did not have a plan. I told my parents to give me three months to just figure my life out. And thankfully they were supportive. And so, yeah, I was bouncing back and forth being like, okay, I need experience. How do I get experience? I don't understand. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And then this is, at, it was at this point, I just decided to use my network. Um, yeah. And a friend of mine was building a startup at the time. And I was just kind of like, look, it's not like I know what I'm doing, but <laughs> I've <laughs> been doing lots of me. Yeah, like I was like, I've been doing a lot of reading and I will help with anything else you need. So I was helping yes. her with random things for her startup, but like also trying to implement product principles. And, you know, she was also a first time founder. So she was just kind of like, yeah, obviously, if you're willing to do the work then cool yeah um so shout out to half <laughs> giving me that chance <laughs> you see this is why you can never really like underestimate the power of connections and and having contacts in different areas because literally you never know where you're going to need you just need one thing you don't really yep. have what it takes to get it but you believe that when you get there you can do it yeah and it's those connections yeah. that, that are going to help you in the long run yeah Absolutely. and i think it's not only like having connections in certain areas but like continuously networking 
like yeah. even when you're in an environment that you feel like is foreign just continuing to network with people around you build relationships and all of that because I mean look at what it's done for you Fike yes and I will even say a second point I tell everyone this though because I, I also like I recently decided to be the person that I needed at that time for people and I, I do like weekly I have like three sessions where I'll speak to people about transitioning from one career to another and I always say use your network even mm. if you don't know someone ask your friends somebody will know somebody like yeah, yeah that's it connections are everything and yeah that's honestly something my dad taught me to be honest he's great at networking he's great at like keeping and building relationships and thankfully that's something I'm quite good at as well um so my first product job was actually given to me by someone I reached out to randomly on Instagram to just ask about product management our first call was like you know what is this and how can I get into it blah 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 mm-hmm. a couple of weeks later she posted a role for a junior role and I was like oh you know do you think I can apply for this and she was like yeah go ahead and so I did using the little experience I had at my friend's startup yeah <laughs> I mean obviously she knew I didn't really have any experience in the role but again she also took a chance on me so also shout out to her <laughs> yeah it's so important. like <laughs> I just want to say it's like Pika has impeccable luck I need to come and tap on the oil because <laughs> everybody's just taking a chance <laughs> No, it, it actually actually only takes that one person to just yeah see a little bit of potential in you and say okay let me just I mean because at the end of the day what do employers really have to lose a little bit of money three months salary I don't know. <laughs> but, so now that you're in tech care, is it what you thought it was like you know after you did all those quizzes and they told you this is what you'd be good at yeah. is it what you expected um it has been so like I said my first role it was as a startup that was obviously very high intensity, moving really quickly. Decisions were yes. taken very fast and it was very exciting. But then I got so tired. I was just like, whoa, I can't continue like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I, I felt like I had learned everything I needed to learn at that time and it was time for something new. Um, obviously what is lacking in a startup often at that size because we were less than 20 honestly was structure Um, and so in my next role that's something I really wanted now in fact I have a lot of structure Um, (laughs) I'm now at a very big 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 company that is like listed on the New York Stock Exchange like so there's over are you working in the UK, America, Nigeria. Oh, yes. No. So I'm in the UK at the moment. So now I'm in a very big company. And I've also, again, I'm learning a lot of new things, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm learning very specific things specific to a role because at the startup, I was doing multiple roles, even more than product management. I was doing testing. I was doing user research. <laughs> I was almost doing HR. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, people are always complaining about this when it comes to startups. Um, There was this Twitter space um, a few days ago, or was it last week? Um, Horrible Bosses. Oh and yeah, last week. All the companies they called out were startups. Because I don't even blame them, to be honest, because because they're just starting. First of all, they don't have as many resources as yep. these bigger businesses have. So they rely on staff to multitask and spread themselves thin. But I think where the problem is, is where the um, owners start to expect the staff to work exactly how they're working. I'm always like, at the end of the day, madam, that's your business. It's your business. <laughs> like, that's not me. <laughs> 
That yeah. is true. And honestly, working at that startup taught me something. It taught me how to assess my boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say though that they're very. It was a very lovely place to work. They, it wasn't toxic at all. And I yeah. was so blessed because after the law firm, I had really been through it. So yeah, I, I, you know, I had to learn to say, I'm sorry, I'm not available after this time. I have to mm-hmm. close at this time. I'm not available this weekend, you know, and just practice actually saying those things. Because at the end of the day, if you allow people to use you, they will use you. But if they you will you, use you. My goodness, they will. So, um, you know, and pe- I felt like a lot of the people at the company were scared to actually ask for time off. Me, I was always advocating. I said, please ask, ask them, and let them say no first before you say no to yourself. So, you know, that was one of the things they said on the um on the Twitter space when they were complaining. People were like, yeah. why is it that asking for time off in a Nigerian business is almost an offense? Even the leave that you're entitled to, it's in your contract. You are allowed to go on leave. People are scared to ask for leave. And I don't understand why. Because like here in the UK, my sisters, for example, when they ask for time off, they're given it immediately. The, the other guys in the office are even happy that they're going for time off. Everyone's asking like, oh, so where are you going? Are you traveling? Are you this? But in Nigeria, it's almost like, so you really want to go. Is that so? You know, all of this is like, it always, like when it comes to dealing with humans and like human resources and everything, it always goes back to how do they like the people in human resources how do they view the rights of humans because <laughs> no because really and truly it's only somebody that doesn't believe you deserve time off that will be coming to tell you are you sure you want to take this leave i don't think this is the right time for it you because they don't have a right to tell you how to spend your leave or when to tell you how to spend your leave yes but, like last year i gathered on my leave i took one month off Nobody said anything. They were even asking me for pictures. But then, like, one of our friends now, he was saying how when he wanted to take leave, his manager was saying, I don't think you should be taking your entire leave. This oh, wasn't that, um, I, was that the previous episode? Yes, oh, it was. Yeah, that was the previous episode. He said he got called into the office and they were asking him, are you sure you really <laughs> want to take this leave? Basically, they spoke to him like, I think you should go and reconsider this decision you're trying to make. He came back the next day and said, yes, I thought about it and I'm taking it. I'm still going. What do you mean? <laughs> like, what do you, do you mean? mean? Anybody feel guilty for taking what they're entitled to? That's like making me feel guilty for drinking my own water. Are you insane? Exactly. <laughs> it's actually crazy. I literally, again, at, at my current company, which is also a very, very amazing place to work, honestly. Yeah. One of the first things my manager said to me was like, whenever you need leave, just take it. I will approve it. I don't care what you're doing. Just go. And I don't even, I can say I'm going off tomorrow and putting the request this evening. And And you still get it. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, you know, I, I don't know why Nigerian companies are like that. But for me, for me at that startup, I was like, look, guys, I remember I was the only one that took a week off over Christmas. I was like, I'm tired, please. And I'm yeah. off for the week. Don't call me. Don't look for me. Don't cry. Don't beg. Okay. <laughs> don't cry. Don't beg. <laughs> it's all over for this year. Honestly. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things I'm I'm like trying to pay more attention to. I'm trying to make a switch into operations management. And mm. I think a lot of companies underappreciate the work-life balance impact on productivity and quality of work that the staff bring. If yeah. your staff are not rested, if they are stressed or they are worried or they are tired 
or they're having mental breakdowns every two, three days because of the type of work that they're doing, the level of stress that accompanies this work that they're doing, they're not going to be able to produce anything quality for you. Almost everything is going to have issues with it. And even if it doesn't have issues, you're going to end up having very, very high staff turnover. Everybody is leaving and you're having to employ new people, which means more money on training. But all of this can be stopped by just letting people have a break. Come on. Yeah. Are you referring to like Nigerian companies? I'm I'm talking about companies generally because from, yeah. from where I've been from my studies recently, mm-hmm. I'm seeing that it's not a Nigerian specific issue. I yeah. think it's just more pronounced from the Nigerian point of view because of how generally we treat people on oh, the hierarchy. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that's why it seems more pronounced. But this actually happens in quite a few places just not on yeah. the same scale okay i wanted to go back to one thing you mentioned we we're talking about like asserting yourself and i feel like you know when you're fresh out of uni or like you've only been out of uni for a few years and you're in the workforce you're just learning that oh i actually need to assert myself you know if i'm on the phone and somebody's trying to talk to you in a, while you're in a meeting you should be able to comfortably say I'm on the call can you come back later but you know when you're fresh out of uni you should kind of struggle or like yeah. a few years out of uni you kind of struggle with that so how are you coping with that um okay so I don't know I think naturally I'm very assertive mm-hmm. um I'm honestly a forward person in everything I again my parents which I don't know, it's not necessarily typical of Nigerian parents, but my parents definitely brought me up to, like, speak my mind and say no, even to them. So I've, I've always been that way. It has definitely gotten me in trouble. It got me in trouble. <laughs> At my law firm, when I was doing my NYSC, so you can imagine, they're just like this small girl. This copper. I got it very, <laughs> and I was so shocked because I, I'm also a very well-behaved person. But basically, someone had sent me an email. I was, in fact, I was offering to help her with some work. And I asked her for some information and she responded to me basically saying, I know you think this is being proactive, but it's actually not. It's the opposite. And I was just thinking, excuse me. What? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, earlier that day, I had already gotten in trouble for apparently underperforming or whatever. So I was in a bad mood. Now this is a lesson. Don't ever send an email when you're upset. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I typed an email and I showed it to my mom and she was like, you cannot send that. Oh my gosh, what was wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Um, so she told me to like go and edit it. But obviously I was still upset. I I edited it. And, Barely. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what I find helps in those situations because I do that as well. Like I'll type emails when I'm really upset, but then I'll save them to my drafts and come back when I calm down because it's not me that they'll be calling that's that's wisdom right there i do not have that wisdom (laughs) at that time i was just hot i just sent press send in fact i think i took my phone to tell you how angry i was like (laughs) i press send and next thing within the hour my um she had replied and she copied in the partner and the senior associate next <laughs> I was just like, uh-uh, what's going on? The senior associate replied 
saying, how dare you speak to your senior like this? I said, oh my girl. <laughs> she said, you have 24 hours to reply and tell me why I shouldn't take this to HR. Oh my God. At this point, I was like, oops. Okay. <laughs> my God. <laughs> I started, I wrote a long one page letter. She was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sending this to HR. And the next day, HR called me like, is everything okay with you? Um, <laughs> are you sure you are? Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and I was just like, honestly, man, I can't lie. Part of me, I felt bad, but also I was like, I'm very happy I sent that email because that person was out of line as well. Um, yeah. And I'm yeah, glad I myself, I beg. It's not every day. So mm, absolutely it, sometimes it's needed. It is. Um, <laughs> There's this girl I follow on um on Instagram. I'll I'll try and find her name. So basically she has she does like these videos with her work bestie where she basically asked him like, Oh, how do I say I don't have time for your nonsense right now, but in a corporate way? Ooh. And he replies <laughs> and he gives her like a very professional response that you can't really be offended at, but you know you should be offended at. And that's the type of thing I'm really trying to study now because you can actually tell people off in a manner that anybody else who saw it knows that you just told them off. But it's also done in such a polite and professional manner that yeah. nobody can really be upset at the same time yeah there's this girl kill. on tiktok she does the same thing i can't lie i use her almost if not every day <laughs> like, like i want to say something and i'm like how the hell do i say i'll just head to tiktok find it find the video that relates to what i'm trying to say and i'll copy it word for word there was one time one of my managers she like called me to the room and she was like how are you so politely rude she was like mm-hmm. You don't know TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so um zero out of ten, I don't recommend doing what I did. Uh it was just so much drama for no reason. I could have definitely yeah. handled that better. But you live and you learn. I recommend it too. I recommend it. <laughs> but but pick your battles. You know who you can send those type of emails to. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah. Be assertive, but obviously be wise. In my current role and current company, honestly, I'm able to speak freely. I don't even think I've had any cause to even be sending any polite, but like impolite messages. Impolite, yeah. Because honestly, everyone actually just applies sense and behaves like a normal person. Yeah. So, so it's very easy to just be, you know, assertive in a good way. And that assertiveness is, you know, speak up for yourself, say what you want. If you need more work, if you need certain opportunities, if you want to volunteer and help with certain things, just put yourself out there. Even being assertive enough to ask a friend oh, please, can I help you with your startup? Knowing fully well, you have zero experience. Zero experience. Yeah. Just put yourself out there. At, at that time, when I was trying to, like, make the switch and do all that, I, I used to say to myself, just to myself on Monday, like, okay, you have to do one thing this week out of your yeah. comfort zone. Just one thing. And it could be, like, calling someone or sending an email or at a time, it was even like publishing my Kumu newsletters. Like the first couple of weeks, I was like, okay, this is so awkward. Just <laughs> press send. Now I do it without even thinking. So yeah, being assertive, it, it takes practice. If you're not naturally inclined, and even in that, even in, even if you are, like some things obviously are still outside of your comfort zone. But yeah. yeah. So I <clears throat> bouncing off of this conversation now, I just want to ask like. Obviously, you are a 
very you, you you come across as very well grounded you know you're solid you have your head in the right place and you know what you want and you you have plans on how to get there right a formidable yeah that's what i'd say you're a formidable player in this field that oh, being said <laughs> that being said the fact that you are a woman do you think it has had any kind of impact on your reception in this new field i know like speaking from the legal point of view i personally felt there was a lot of bias towards the women who were lawyers luckily for me my partner at the law firm i worked at amazing man he literally will give you all the opportunities that you need i don't think he ever cared who was a man and who wasn't a woman he just wanted to know can you do your work and if you can i'm ready to push you as far as you're willing to go but from other people, I definitely did get that thing of, they would always call you like baby lawyer. But I also noticed, they said baby lawyer, like, oh, you know, it's because you're new to the profession. But I never heard them call any any man baby lawyer. None of the men that were, that finished the same time I finished law school, Pika and I were in the same set in law school. None of the men that finished at the same time, I never heard anybody call them baby lawyer. I never heard anybody try to like baby them in in in, in court or anything. So now in this tech field, in this um, product management field, do you feel like despite the fact that you do know where you're going and you have a plan and you know you're a solid character in that field, your gender you know, kind of downplays it a bit? I don't think so. I haven't found myself in many situations where I think, hmm, is this because I'm a woman or like, are you only saying this because I'm a woman? Yeah. I, I haven't experienced it so far. I mean, I am still fairly new to it and I haven't explored it in like its entirety. Yeah. But I will say, obviously, the same issues transcend in terms of like the gender pay gap and. So sorry. So is the pay gap wide for um? Is the pay gap wide in your in your in your field? I don't. I don't like have any facts and figures. Yeah. But just reading things generally, I. I feel like I've seen a lot of things saying that there are pay gaps, not even necessarily in product management, just like in the tech industry. I think that, like I said, I, where I currently work, honestly, there, I haven't had any of those issues. There are a lot of women on my team, (laughs) a lot of women in leadership. um, And so, you know, I think those things help too. too. I think that's, that's probably part of the reason why there, you aren't feeling any of those things luckily because there are actually women that have risen to that position. I think it's just, it's harder. It would be harder in a field that had maybe like 1% or 2% women in leadership positions because these men don't really know what it is to be anything other than a man. So they wouldn't be able to, it would be more difficult for them to um, to relate and act appropriately. Yeah. But then having like, female bosses is that's 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 perfect that was probably even part of what made my my time at the law firm so nice because the two partners that were directly um in charge of managing us were women fantastic mm-hmm. women for that matter one of them was like the serious like go get her she's in court you know if anybody else i i, I feel like in a few years that woman has to be so there's no case that i ever brought before her that she didn't have something to say very sharp like this and the other one so peaceful and calm 
intelligent woman. She decides mm. to stay in the office. She does the work behind the scenes. Fantastic. And they were always just there to like, I was the only, not only, well, I was the only like really young lawyer in the office at the time. Mm. And there were only two other girls, me and, and another and another girl that were working there. And you could see like, they would always draw you close, like come bring your work. Show me before you submit it to somebody else. It doesn't matter who asked you for it. Send it to me first. So you send it to them. They go through, they make corrections. They send it back to you. So every time you put your, your foot forward in front of the men, it's literally the best possible foot. And I, I appreciated them so much for that. But it was a really, really like, good thing. Speaking of having so many, like, women in leadership in your office and everything, Fike, are you part of any, like, network groups or staff groups? In Bikumu Circle! <laughs> in that office, this babe. <laughs> I am. Um, so we have a lot of networks. So I'm part of the, and when I say part, I'm not necessarily an active member of all these groups, but like I am mm-hmm. part of them. Um, we have the women in technology. There's the women's something network, just like a general women's one. Mm-hmm. Then um, there's the black engagement network and then there's black engagement network technology. So I'm in all those groups um, so far. Yeah. I do you think that being in those groups is actually beneficial? Does it actually do anything for you? Um, so in terms of like just seeing random opportunities, because mm-hmm. like I said, I like to put myself out there. I just like to do random things sometimes. For instance, this weekend, I'm volunteering to help out at the Brighton Marathon. I'm pretty sure they posted it in one of those nice. groups. Um, I, I just wanted to volunteer because I wanted an office hoodie, like we're sponsoring the marathon. <laughs> and so I wanted a hoodie and I can't seem to find another way to get one. So I was like, you know what? Why not? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think in terms of just like getting visibility, especially because we're still mostly working from home, it's a good way to like network, um, yeah. meet people. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, that like when you're a part of all these groups, you hear about opportunities within the office that you wouldn't hear about if you were like only a part of your own team. Your team, yeah, because they don't post anything in my team groups in terms of opportunities and things happening. So, yeah, Yeah, that's the only way for you to actually find out is if you're a part of these networks and you talk to people, meet new people. And it's like, you know, over time, people will start to realize, okay, this is Fika's thing. She likes this thing. Let's call her for this thing. Do you get it? Yeah say oh i want to do this they'll just call you because they know and you put yourself out there so 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 are you in any are you in any um in any groups like that yeah i am i'm in the women's lead network i'm in the diversity and inclusion network um there's one other one embrace which is like a multi-race network in the office so yeah but now i small something something i got a promotion at work so, Ooh, uh-uh, you didn't yeah. tell it happened today this babe oh congratulations <laughs> thank you so like and part of that came from the fact that i was so visible across the organization that people were like ah this babe deserves more look at all the work she's doing and yeah. that's because you know hmm, i'm know taking that. notes <laughs> <laughs> and that's because like people knew that okay when it comes to this type of thing they can come and meet me so I'd like gained visibility across the organization. So it wasn't a thing of like, oh, one person is constantly saying, oh, Sasu is really hard working, but like different people from different divisions across the office that 
it doesn't even make sense that my name is being called in that corner but that yeah keeps from being part of all these different groups yeah, amazing um that's fantastic yeah that's really good yeah thank you okay mm-hmm. well i mean i've also still had something today so once this <laughs> once this is over i'm going to go and join like five <laughs> <laughs> No, but like they're really good, and you make friends as well. Like going to work shouldn't be boring. It should be one of those things where it's like you're you're going to the office and you're happy to see your guys. That type. Of yeah, thing. yeah, definitely. Yeah, but okay. Fiki, I have one. I have a phrase for you, or rather, a short sentence. So if I came to you and I said, "Oh, I want to be a tech babe, but I don't know how to code," what's out there for me? Okay, so there are and there are so many things you can do in tech honestly you can still be in law and be in tech you can still be in finance and be in tech for instance um just means you're working at a tech enabled or you know technology driven company um now if you want a tech role um there are non-technical tech roles product management being one of them there are definitely technical product managers but there are people like me who don't have technical have a technical background um and there are hmm you can do honestly i usually have like a better answer for this but it's not coming <laughs> to me but honestly google is your best friend just google non-technical tech roles which is what i did <laughs> and you will find a list several lists um and things that that suit your interests so yeah okay so that means like i don't have to you don't have to learn how to call no you do not okay because i feel like a lot of people have that misconception it's like they want to enter tech but then they're like oh i don't know how to code whether it's back end or front end so they kind of let go of that um dream and it's like okay yeah whatever i'll just do something else so that was nice to clear that up guys are you here if you want to enter tech you don't need to know how to code Oh, actually, I was going to say there are communities. I'm a big believer in communities. Um, Like I said, you know, just in terms of even just being plugged into opportunities, communities to join. There's Black Girls in Tech, um, which is more of like a UK one, UK based one. There's Black Girls in Tech Nigeria. Um, There is Baddies in Tech. Um, You can say Baddies in Tech. I, am. <laughs> I, I love I actually love that <laughs> yes baddies you know um it's part of this whole women being allowed to have like literally have it all have everything you want you can be a buddy and you can still do tech you don't need to be uh, you don't need to conform to anything I love that you can but be yeah, more than you, one thing yes you can um, and the last person, this is not a community, but she posts a lot about getting into tech, the tech corner, um, Hosanna on Instagram. So yeah, that's, those are like a few things, a few resources. I like to share my resources wherever I go. So <laughs> we love, we love yeah. a babe that doesn't gatekeep. I dislike all those babes that we gatekeeping as if they're paying them to, to hide information. I don't know what's wrong. Nah, with nah, there's no need for that. And I find that the more I like share and give, I, I mean, you know, the more comes back to me as well to be yeah. honest. You know, what goes yeah. around comes around, surely. 
yeah but do you think this whole like drive to get people into tech is is a phase because i mean tech is not new it's been around since like what the 1930s i mean we can go back to like alan turing and everything so this yeah. whole do you think it's like it, it's a phase it's a you know it's a moment is tech having its moments or do you think this is this is it and it's only going to go up from here i think it's maybe at the rate at which it is now it's probably a phase but mm-hmm. I don't think it's dying out anytime soon because literally everything is tech enabled, tech driven. It's just tech is literally life right now. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon, yeah. to be honest. It's I don't want it to stop. I'm loving the benefits. <laughs> <laughs> like in my opinion, I would even say there's probably another phase that's even going to be bigger than this yeah. one that's coming. Because, yeah. like, with the development of Web 3, well, on Web 2, uh, the Web, Web 3, 3 are, they've already started, and we can't rest. Honestly, oh. we, NFTs are already giving us headache, and the NFTs are just one small part of the Web 3 world. So, like, imagine there's going to be another big boom that's yep. going to blow up this tech um, Definitely, field because just yeah. like we had the, like, dot-com boom, it's like... Now, I think the other day I was on Justin Bieber's TikTok. Don't ask me why, but I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and he had like this animation thing. I was like, why is your TikTok filled with animation? I never opened one video and it was like him performing in the metaverse. And like mm-hmm. he was doing full on concerts in metaverse that he had obviously like screen recorded or however they do it and shared on TikTok. But it was the fact that, you know, we've gone from streaming concerts on YouTube or whatever to some artists now fully performing in metaverse. And I'm just here like you people are moving a bit too fast. Oh, yeah. There's I mean, in terms of Web3, obviously there's NFTs, crypto decentralized apps decentralized finance yeah um, decentralized organizations and you can even buy land in the metaverse i was just about to say there are actually now games there are now games where you buy a character which is kind of like buying an nft that you can play with Mm -hmm. and then you purchase land you buy houses you basically you know how when we were younger, we had all those games where you would like um, use your coins to yeah. build a school and then do all those fun things. Basically, now you can do that, except you're actually doing this with money that you can. But um, you know one thing I don't understand about Metaverse, probably because I haven't actually looked into it. I just see bits and pieces on the internet. I'm like, oh, cool. I don't understand. I don't quite understand how it works in terms of like, oh, maybe maybe my a better question for me is why? I don't understand the point of it. Why am I buying land in Metaverse? I don't get it. <sighs> well, <laughs> neither do I, honestly. At this point, I, I don't know. I'm taking it one step at a time with Web3 because it can be very overwhelming. Um, I follow a lot of Americans on Twitter and they mm-hmm. are really the ones at the moment making the most noise about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. And I just remind myself that I can't learn everything. I can't learn, learn everything, yes. <laughs> Like, like but you know, to be honest, I'm these so games, they're even fun, especially when they get swindled. So <laughs> there was this um, there was this game that was supposed to come. It, it did come out. People had paid upwards of three thousand, nine thousand. Um, I think it went up to nine thousand dollars for their different um, characters and avatars that they would use to play the games. 
Now, come release date, the graphics were horrible. When I tell you horrible, half the, the characters look like The Walking Dead. The other ones were incomplete. Like, literally, uh-huh. you will see just legs, no uh-huh. upper part of the character. Somebody opened up their own character, and it was just grass. Just grass. I don't know. Wait, no- what? Yeah. The, the, um, the game was called Pixelmon. Uh-huh. It was such a horrible release, and people had paid thousands of dollars for for that. And, you know, it was an issue because a lot of people were saying things like this are going to slow down the development of of Web3 because because if you keep, if people are allowed to keep releasing substandard products like that, eventually people are going to turn away. And that's just going to delay the growth of of, um, the field. But then that's also the problem you have when things are so decentralized. You don't even know, who do you even hold? Who do you hold? Yeah, but you see, that's the thing. I mean, they can't really even attempt to centralize it in any type of way because I assume, I don't know, but I assume Web3 is to be like, you have Web2, so you're building upon that. You know, you're improving it, adding new features, adding whatever. And Web2 is already very decentralized. You can put anything out there. Yeah. So it's like, how do you now want to take a step back when you're trying to take a step forward? That type of thing. But again, I don't know anything about Web3, so... <laughs> Seeing how how um the tech world is moving in like European countries and in other parts of the world, how would you compare that to the rates of growth in Nigeria? Honestly, I was gonna say I think I think we're equally on par, honestly. Really? Yeah. yeah. In terms of the, the things that we are doing, especially with financial technology, it seems yeah. like Africa, Nigeria is a very big player. I think and, Nigeria is a leader in tech in Africa, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. And um, in terms of crypto, you know, Africa has been a big player in crypto for years, even before it blew up. Because of how unstable a lot of our currencies are, a lot of people, you know, tech-savvy people have had already been into it. Um, so yeah, like we we seem to be on par, even in terms of Web three, you know, I can see communities, people doing work in that space already. Um, I can't see any space in which we're being left behind, honestly. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like there's so many initiatives. Well, I can only speak for Nigeria, but I feel like there's so many initiatives when it comes to tech and like investors are actually rushing to invest in Nigeria. I mean, yeah. there's you always have the risk of like, you know, when you scale too quickly, everything can come crashing down. But right now, Nigeria's tech industry is looking very promising. It's 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 a hopeful thing for Nigeria in Nigeria's co- current climate. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I guess we have our usual issues around the government not necessarily supporting, you know, the growth and all those things, but let's just not even get into that. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's probably even, like, part of the reason why I was asking, right? Because, um, I mean, both of you have talked about how there's, like, so much potential for growth and, you know, we actually do have things going on. But then also considering the fact that currently our policy making skills are very 
Mm. Only God Questionable. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like the interest or the potential, is it really any good if at the end of the day it can be truncated by one ridiculous policy one day? Like we saw the rise and fall of Gokada, which was just traumatic. I can't even imagine being an investor in that business, how I would be feeling for something that was going so well to just all of a sudden come to a halt because of one government policy. You know, I feel like that's just another aspect to consider when we're thinking about are we are we on par? Because a lot of these other countries, they have they have policies that actually support the um, improvement of tech, Mm -hmm. whereas we don't really have things like that. If anything, we probably have more policies that that are against yeah like that if you guys get what yeah. I mean I think that that's a huge like it's a huge risk but obviously because it's not something I've looked into for like Africa or Nigeria in terms of the policy side of things but like I know when investors are investing in African countries they overlook a lot of things because you know they are really and truly looking at the rewards they see the big picture and everything but they overlook certain things that sometimes things go wrong but yeah, like you said, like with the whole Gokada thing, you know, you can, there's just this huge rise. Everybody's like, wow. And then the policies of the country and everything. It's, But to be honest, Nigeria isn't really a policy-facing place. So a lot of things yeah. they do. I don't even know how how they do it. So I'm sure they have some sort of something in place because like in I can speak for the UK now and say that like every morning I'm seeing a different news article saying that okay Bank of England needs to now regulate crypto or this one now needs to regulate this one but then six months later policies yeah. are done they are being passed through whatever whatever testing and whatever but yeah I don't I don't know I really I know Nigeria is not like great with policy making their skills are most of the enforcement of them are questionable so I don't know I really don't know how or what they're going to do when it get when the country gets to the point where like there are so many tech startups with so many foreign investors and now it's like okay. Well you- well, um so something happened was it last year where CBN is notorious for sending out memos on a Friday <laughs> um, and just scattering everybody's week basically. Yeah. Um so they, I can't, I don't want to, you know, miss quotes or anything, but it was basically something to do with a lot of these investment platforms mm-hmm. and what they could or couldn't do. And some people had to like stop for a bit, but basically what came out of that and um, is the point I'm actually getting to is that, you know, these startups, basically there's a conversation online about them kind of having like a pressure group. So a group that helps to shape policy and, kind of inform the government and basically tell them, you know, this is what we're doing. This is why it's good for our country. These are the kind of policies that we need that will support and help us, you know, okay, so what are you guys thinking of and how can we also help and give you that expert knowledge, which is how policies should be formed. Everybody knows what Nigeria is like. People who are operating in Nigeria should already have that in mind because you know how the government moves, you know, that once you're doing well is when they now start looking at you and looking for how to get something mm-hmm. out of it. So it's actually, it should be part of the plan, having that that um, 
process in place as far as I'm concerned. Obviously it makes things harder, but as with most things in Nigeria, you you thrive in spite of the government, not exactly. because of them, which is sad, but that's the current reality. I mean, we have unicorns, we have billion dollar valued companies in Nigeria. So I guess they're doing some things right. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, <clears throat> Just moving away from this conversation a bit, just because I really, I really, really, really want to hear the answer to this question. Fike, yes. what would you say is something, a lesson that you have learned from being in the, in from your career, basically, from being in the field that you are in, that you think that people eventually have to learn at some point in their life? I would say from my career journey, I don't yeah. Know, yeah, is that you're not stuck. You can always change your mind. And it seems so basic, but like I said, once I decided I wasn't doing law anymore, it literally did um, send me into a a crisis. Like, <laughs> and that was also part of the reason why I ended up forming or founding the Kumu Circle. I think the, the lesson is you're not stuck. You can change your mind. You can try new things. You can fail and start again. You are not your career. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just part of who you are or like what you do but it's it's not you it doesn't um, define you it doesn't define you and and yeah that's that's my big yeah. lesson <laughs> so if we were to summarize we'd say like life is dynamic yes life <laughs> is very dynamic and life is honestly what you make it um for the most part so yeah. Before we end, before we end, we have to okay. let you can just give everybody one piece of advice for anybody, any woman who's trying to move into um, a different career from what she always thought she was going to do. Just give us one solid piece of advice. You've given us so many during this episode. <laughs> I want you to just bang it. Um, hmm. I would say think about, because people always ask me, what's what's what should I be thinking about? Think about what you're interested in. Think about what you are good at. Think about what you have access to in terms of like your network and resources. But yeah, don't neglect your network. Your network is literally very important. And that network can even be built on LinkedIn, just messaging people in the role or in the company you want to move into, don't underestimate that. When I say that to people, it's always like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. So I think that's my thing actually is reach out to people, put yourself out there. Don't neglect your network. If you don't have one, start building one. And if you want to talk about it, you can um, sign up on my uh, link. I don't even know where to say people should find me. You can find me on LinkedIn, I guess. My name is, yeah, my name is what it is on LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we're also going to we'll, we'll tag um in this so you guys can also check out her instagram and then hopefully find out more information if you know if i won't be able to check out my instagram but okay anything you see there <laughs> take it <laughs> well i mean we'll find a way to connect so if anyone does want to reach out to pick it you know, we'll, we'll try to make it easy for you yeah so Thank you once again. No worries. Um, Thank you guys yeah. for having me. I had a wonderful time. Honestly, we are oh, so like, like we are in love with this episode. Here. We're actually in love with this. Because, like <laughs> it's so nice so talking to somebody so intelligent. Like, oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs>